everybody. Welcome back to Knights at the Table. How's it going, JT? I'm doing very well, John. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, you know, uh, joining you here on a Sunday afternoon after having some great nachos that you made. Appreciate that. And uh, we watched slash listened to a little bit of football. So what I want to start with, let's talk about the yeah, scenarios in which both of our favorite teams will make it to the Super Bowl. So for you, your San Francisco 49ers just need to kind of keep doing what they're doing. You know, they had a little setback with the Ravens. Okay, but, you know, in my personal opinion, I think that that might be uh, something that it might be a good thing for your team going forward. It's like, hey, let's reset, let's get humbled a little bit, and let's move forward. Yeah, right? just, just like poker, you don't want to reveal your hand because most likely you'll be sure. playing the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Exactly. Now let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. So, uh, took care of the Buccaneers today. We got the uh, the Baker Falcons, Mayfield's Buccaneers. the Baker Mayfield's Buccaneers, and we've got uh, the uh, Falcons uh, coming up soon. So here's what we need: we need to uh, we we won that game today. We need to win against the Falcons, and then what we mostly need from there is what the government calls an ELE, an extinction level event. Uh, where a meteor or something like that happens that falls upon all the other NFC teams, minus say the uh, you know the Falcons, and uh, yeah, we might actually get to the Super Bowl well, at they that are point. The Saints, and if the Lord does intervene, nothing can stop the Lord. Well, the Lord intervened a few years ago with the. We're not going to get into that. That is well, that still too behalf, heartbreaking. That was on behalf of the Rams. Uh, <laughs> All right, so there's our football talk for the day. Before so. we get away from the football talk, I do want to say that uh, you're looking at the reigning champion of my fantasy football league. I am the team. reigning champion of the uh, losing side of my fantasy team because, as I mentioned to y'all earlier today, this is the first year in 12 years that I accidentally did an auto draft. And I fell asleep. I missed the draft. I made some changes. And um, this week I started Joe Flacco, which is the crazy, one of the craziest stories of the football mm-hmm. uh, universe this year. And uh, even with that, 52 points up and I'm still losing. But uh, good for you, JT. I'm glad you're uh, pulling ahead in your fantasy yeah, football as league. as of right now, it's a 99% chance. Uh, the, the, the fun fact about that one is that the gentleman I'm playing, Mr., we'll call him Mr. Gilligan. I don't know who he is. Um, but, uh, he, he and I had been talking all year on how awesome it would be to play in the championship together. Uh, we were the two best teams, uh, in the league all year and it came down to it. Uh, unfortunately for Mr. Gilligan, I am wiping the floor with him right now. I am, uh, I'm pulling for you as I am also pulling for the 49ers outside of the extremely miraculous chance that the Saints make it into the playoffs in the Super Bowl. But, hey, you know, if that Saints, happens... If they get into the playoffs, I'll tell you that they would be playing the 49ers if they won that first game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just like last week against the Ravens, I knew it was not time to text you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd give it a little bit of space. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right, cool. Well, so what are we talking about today, JT? Um, I cell phones, I yeah, I think so. So one of the things that's been kind of a hot topic around my household is my kids are a little bit older than your kids for the most part, um, except for one, is, uh, you know, when is the right time to give your kid a cell phone? And I know that we kind of touched on this. We did kind of some, you know, scattershot topics over the past few episodes, and we talked about this briefly 
in my particular case, my oldest son, who just turned 16, you know, I think it's okay for him to have a cell phone at this point, but we got him a, uh, a cell phone, a mobile device, whatever you want to call it, a few years back because, again, that's a split custody situation. And from uh, his mom's house, from that side of the family, they decided that they would have him uh, walking to and from school, which I did not disagree with necessarily. But for me, I felt more comfortable with him having a phone so that he could communicate. But there have been some some good things and some pitfalls that have come with that for sure. And now my daughter is getting to the age, she's about to be a teenager, where she's interested in having a phone as well. And it's a little bit different. So now we have to have that conversation of, you know, why did kid A get a phone at this age, but kid B doesn't necessarily get a phone? So, I don't know. What do you think, JT? I think there's a lot to unpack there. Um, And as far as daughters, uh, for you fellows out there with daughters, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, They definitely wrap you around their finger, but uh, as a dad, your first instinct is is to protect them. And giving them a cell phone is... uh, almost the opposite of protecting them. Um, yeah. In your particular scenario, I think there's a couple of things. One, you do have the, you know, the, the household where you and your son's mom are not together. And that's probably going to have to be addressed with her. Um, because it's so hard with the phones, man. Like, I got a phone well before you did. Mm. But it was still a different time. Like, my phone was, you, you flipped the thing out, you pulled the antenna up, and you made a phone yeah, call. You think Saved by the Bell, you know, you yeah, pull out that big similar. old Zach Morris white phone, you pull the antenna out. For those of you who don't know yeah. Zach Morris, please uh, look him up. Yeah, do yourself a favor. Saved by the Bell. Yeah, Kelly Kapowski. Like, <laughs> but uh, first crush, by the way, Kelly Kapowski. Huh? Side um, but, so, so that said, there's... There's so much that today can go on with a cell phone that didn't happen when we were kids. Because, you know, I, I don't know the lack of another way to put this. You, you get a phone and you're exposed to the world. You've got the whole world. So I, I, I talked about, I was struggling to find the exact quote, um, but I'm going to credit where I can. I, I do listen to a podcast, a radio host for years. His name is Brant Hansen. Um, he has a podcast now called the Brant and Sherry Oddcast, but he's mentioned several times. He quotes a particular person and I struggled to find it and I'll put it in the notes later if I can. But, uh, this topic has come up. When do you want to get your kid a cell phone or when do you think the right time is to get your kid a cell phone? And the answer that this person came up with is when you are ready for them to no longer be a kid. Yeah, I, I would say that that's probably pretty fair. Um, and maybe that answer is, oh gosh, I was thinking, I'm thinking of myself right now. Like when they can drive, right? Because honestly, there's some really cool features on the cell phone, like uh, sure. track them. Yeah, that um, helps. And when they can drive, they're no longer really at your whim as to, you know, dad, can you take me here? Dad, can you take me there? They can just hop into the car for the most part, right? And, and, and go somewhere, even if they're, oh, I'm going to Billy's house and you, and you vetted Billy and Billy's parents and you're happy with Billy, but I ain't really going to Billy's house, <laughs> you know? So, so the location comes in handy there. 
which is a big benefit, but, you know, there's, with boys, obviously, there's the temptation to mm-hmm. look at videos that are, well, excuse me, wildly inappropriate for them. Well, I had a, a friend who I will not name right now, but his, uh, uh, he was one of my best friends growing up, and, you know, at his house, his father had a bookshelf full of Playboy magazines, Oof. right? And his wife was, quote-unquote, okay with that. Um, don't really know, probably not, but I don't know what the, uh, what the motivation behind that was, but it sure was fun for the uh, teenage boys in yes. the house, you know? Um, and now when kids have phones in their pockets, they have unlimited access to these things and worse. And I have done due diligence. I will say, um, you know, I have an iPhone and I know that Androids can work the same way where you can do parental controls and things like that. Um, where I've blocked certain sites, I've blocked certain, uh, apps, but it's not enough. These well, kids figure it out. They they know a way around. Like there are even apps that advertise themselves in the app store as yes. a calculator. Yeah. But it's more than a calculator. Or like think about this: if you have a child that maybe is uh, uh, quick-witted, he's you know good at, at you know persuasion. He's a little you know up-and-coming salesperson, or she for that matter. Uh, they can get other people convinced to send them pictures, you know, 100%. that are inappropriate as well. And so those are all pitfalls. <laughs> so, and, and yeah, so we, we've already gone over the bridge of getting my oldest son a cell phone. And again, he's 16. And here, and I'm going to say this because I've mentioned this in the past. Like at some point, I'm sure he's going to listen to this, his friends, maybe whatever might happen. Um, yeah, we've had some struggles but he's doing extremely well right now. And so I want to give credit where credit is due is that he's just like all of us has made a lot of mistakes, but he has uh, come back from those mistakes and has been an extremely respectful young man um, doing things the right way from what I can see. Um, But again, like the motivation for getting him a phone at the age that he was at was due to that split custody situation. So let's fast forward to my daughter. Now, you know, she's interested in having a phone. She's not really pushing us on it, but she would like one. Um, she has an iPad, which she uses at home. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take it to school. Doesn't take it to a... Fr- well, she she does take it to a friend's house or a cousin's house or whatever from time to time. Uh, but it's pretty much locked down to Wi-Fi. Um, she likes to make cool little videos, stuff like that. Now, we also hear stories, my wife actually works at one of the local high schools in our area, where, you know, some of these girls her age and even, or my daughter's age or even younger, come in and they're like taking selfies, doing the duck face, and if you know what the duck face is, I'm sorry for those of you that do the duck face, but it's not as cool as you think it is. Um, It's not. It's really not. But, uh, But, you know, it's like this whole like, influencer TikTok, instagram universe where these kids are starting to feel like they're adults and they're just going for things for clicks and likes and then how far are you going to go for those clicks and likes and that's the kind of stuff that concerns us whereas we would love like to just give my daughter a phone for communication Mm -hmm. and for trust 
you go to a friend's house, you can, or you go to a, a, a Bible camp or whatever it is, and you can communicate with us, that's great. But then what doors are we unlocking from there? You know, yeah, so. And so I was just thinking a couple of things. Did, did you ever ask her, like, hey, why do you want the phone? Uh, I, mostly to make, uh, like, YouTube videos, clips, things like that, which she can do at home on her iPad or do at home on the computer. But, you know, she'd like to be able to do it when she's out and about. You want to you want to trust your kid, right? You want to believe that what they're saying, that they want these phones for, is exactly what they're asking for it for. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're opening Pandora's box at that point. You're opening this yeah. accessibility. And with the iPad, I mean, the YouTube stuff can be done on iPad, right? And so when they're like, hey, I want the iPad because I want you know, YouTube access and, and, and all that on the go or whatever, right? A, do you need it on the go? And B, I don't know if this is this is something that I have thought about, but you're in that mix right now where I have, let's call it, seven to ten years before I'm there, right? Yeah. Um, flip phone. If you wanna, if you truly want to call, but you open the box to 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 your kid, and your kid's not gonna be cool with a flip phone. No. They're going to get mocked with a flip phone. So you, you open that up to where it's like, not a lot of kids can overcome that, right? There's a few kids that are just, you know, Tim Tebow maybe as like a high schooler if he had a flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, over, he's overcoming it. But, uh, but we're, not, we're not all Tim Tebow. We're not all, you know, six foot three star athletes that, you know, everybody wants to be like. Uh, so... I mean, a flip phone sounds good for parents, but you give your kid a flip phone, they look at you like, what the F is this, and throw it in the garbage, most likely. So I don't know that that's actually a, a legitimate option. Um, yeah, I mean, and for me, on the parent side of thing, it's, it's, it's more about, you know, the location factor that you mm-hmm. talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to see, like, you know, my daughter or my sons or whoever is at the school when they're supposed to be there Mm -hmm. in the um, waiting line when they're supposed to be, or they want to go hang out with a friend. Okay. They're at the friend's house, they're They're at the the restaurant, they're, they're where they're supposed to be. Uh, At least that's what the phone says. So that does help. Um, But uh, again, like going back to the scenario with my oldest son, it's like, you can block Snapchat, right? You can block the app. But you've really got to do the due diligence and go back and block Mm snapchat.com. You've got to go and block every avenue that they can get to to get to that website. And, uh, you know, whatever anybody's opinion is on TikTok or whatever, I know that there are people that, you know, that I I personally know people that put their kids on TikTok to become Mm. influencers and stuff like that. It's not something I would do. It's not something that I agree with. Um, but you know, to each parent their own, I suppose. But that being said, like, you know, you've, you really have to, to run a lot of avenues to run down a lot of paths to try to stop your kids from getting access to things that they shouldn't have access to. Um, you know, if your goal is to just call and text and have a location, I, I get what you're saying. Like a mm-hmm. flip phone might be the way. I, I, I personally don't know of a flip phone that where you can track the location, but I'm sure it exists. 
Um, yeah, I'm sure there is something like that. Yeah, I mean, like in my universe, I just think of iPhones and Androids, you know? Right, and the, the thing is, too, like, you, you give your kid a flip phone, they're going to get ridiculed for it. And as a parent, you really don't want to ever put your kid in a situation where they're going to get ridiculed. But you're ultimately not their friend, you're their parent. And so you have to do what's best for yeah. them. Um, so if there is something like that, then, I mean, at the risk of, it's tough because that's a, you're, you're going to set your kid up to, I guess though, with every, with every bully or, or thing that you, that you face in life, you, you're actually giving your kid the opportunity to overcome adversity. So you got this thing where you're getting made fun of for it, but you could let it, you know, kick your butt and be like, dad, you, you did this to me. Or you could, you know, say, Hey, I'm not going to let this define you, but easier said as a full grown man who doesn't have a Snapchat or any of those things, right. no social media, um, which probably should change, but I don't have anything. I don't have Facebook. So <laughs> there are plenty of times that I wish I didn't have a Facebook. But it helps to share this podcast. Yes. Nights at the table. Please like, share, and comment. Please, please, <laughs> definitely. Especially the share part. I know you guys have been out there sharing, and we appreciate that. And, you know, if you are in Australia, hello. Good day. <laughs> yes. Um, but we digress a little bit. We, we like to have a little fun. But, you know, for me, I, uh, my parents did a lot of things right. They did a lot of things wrong. Uh, just like my kids will say that uh, I did. Uh, I do think that when I was in high school, when I went to high school, it was a good idea to get me a phone. Um, I, I wouldn't call myself a bad kid, but I was a strong-willed kid. So if I wanted to go to a friend's house, I might just go to the friend's house and then tell you while I'm at the friend's house that I'm at the friend's house. Now, it's a different time. So, I, you know, there wasn't, not everybody had cell phones and, and all that jazz. Yeah, yep, still had home phones at that time. Uh, so my parents were like, all right, if this is what's going to happen, we're going to get you a cell phone. So, again, it was a flip phone because that still existed back then. Um, and I am sure, I am 100% certain, had I gotten a smartphone, I would have done everything I could to maybe do some things <laughs> that were uh, it, were not appropriate because I was a you know 14-year-old boy. Uh, doing 14 year old boy and, and that's the thing is that you know whatever you think about whatever your kids are going through or what you may have gone through or what you think your kids are going to go through as they get older kids are kids you know there are a, a lot has changed over the years as mm -hmm. far as you know how what we have access to right so when JT's a little a little bit younger than I am, but you know I got my first cell phone when I was in college, and that was again the pull the antenna out, dial the numbers. You could barely text on the things, mm -hmm. um, but certainly it was just for making phone calls. And I survived junior high, high school. <laughs> I did all yes. that without a cell phone, and those are things that we have to consider. Um, but had I had access to those things, if iPhones. And 5G networks were a thing back then. I mean, you know, Lord knows. I mean, like, me and my friends would have been looking for things that we shouldn't have been oh, looking yeah, for. 100%. That's part of being a kid. Yeah. Um, 
curiosity, um, just transitioning from being a kid to an adult. Um, so those things are, you know, I hesitate to use the word okay, but they're normal. Yes. I, I think normal is the right word for that. And, uh, but again, you have to uh, think about how much access do you want to give to them? Yeah. Do you want them to, to lose, how old do you want them to be when we start chipping away at the old innocence? Yeah. Um, and I actually think back to a, a documentary I watched on Netflix, it was a Florida Gators one, to uh, to kind of spin back to to a couple of things that this podcast is How about. How many Tebow references do we need? <sighs> Listen, in this podcast. I'm a huge fan of Tim Tebow. I like Tim Tebow. Um, so uh, Tebow was uh, was raised the right way, so he had a a firm Christian base. He didn't come from an overly wealthy household so uh that wasn't really a a thing for him but he had a dad in the home he had a dad that cared about him and what he was doing and that's kind of what we're preaching here is to care about what your kids are doing get involved in their life Uh, so that's that's what tim's dad was about and the story was that tim didn't do any of these things now we're probably not raising we're not all raising tim tebow's right but the goal is to get our kids to be strong in the faith, to be good citizens, to look at things and go, hey, I'm not going to do that because it's not the right thing. We have a saying in my house, and I've referenced it before, we do what's right even if nobody else does. But uh, there, was a, there was a moment, I forgot who it was, uh, on the Gators wanted to test Tim. So he had, there was a gal that had sent him a... a a rated uh, X video or picture of herself and uh, he showed it to Tim he's like hey Tim check this out and Tim didn't know what he was showing him so he looks and he's like oh man come on you know I can't watch that I can't look at that kind of stuff and immediately pulled away and that guy was like he is the real deal Mm -hmm. and ultimately that's how we want our kids to be so if your kids can demonstrate that kind of maturity or that kind because of, there's kids out there that do have that kind of maturity so if your kids can demonstrate that kind of maturity obviously that's not how you test your child so please don't go out there testing your children that way let's not send porn to our kids <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but if if you know your child you're involved in their life and they do di- display a strong sense of maturity and a strong moral standing and you know a strong foundation in the lord then maybe you do go, okay, we're going to give you a, a little bit of ground. But understand, when I give you this phone, at any moment I can take it from you. I think that has to be one of the biggest things. When a phone does get given, at any moment for any reason, including the fact that I don't like the way you spoke to me, yeah, that phone's coming back. Uh, and I think that's probably a good time too. I mean, the, the guy that you said had a great point when you want to kind of let your kid not be a kid anymore, give him a phone. Uh, but if they're willing to display the maturity, uh, the groundedness, uh, then that might be a good time to, to let them try as well. And with the, no matter what, hey, for any reason, I can take this phone back. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, one of the things we have to think about as parents, as adults, is look at your own social media. Look at uh, your friends on Instagram on TikTok, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're involved with, 
and understand that that's what your kids are going to be emulating. Okay. And I'm not coming at this from a place of, of preaching. Like I'm coming from a place of, I've experienced this firsthand Mm -hmm. with, uh, with my, one of my kids and, you know, dealing with the fact that, you know, he wanted a big social media influence type of personality, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, that got pretty ugly. Now, I'm happy to say that that's not really the case these days, but you've got to be ready for that. You know, you've got to have those conversations, whereas I should have had that conversation early on, but now I'm better equipped to have those conversations with my kids, uh, my three other kids that are coming up, and whenever they, we decide that it's the right time for them to have a phone, um, we'll talk to them about that and say, like, look, you know, what you're seeing on social media isn't real. Um, Sometimes it is. But I would say ninety nine percent of the time it is not. Well, look, I, and and I, again, I'm, I'm definitely not in the in the place of naming names here. But you know, my wife and I, we know people on social media that if you look at their Facebook and you look at their Instagram, it's like, oh wow, what an amazing life, what a great <laughs> thing that's happening here. Yeah. But if you know them, never have any And problems. if you know the background, it it, it ain't that. No. So, but our kids. That's what they're seeing, and mm-hmm. that's what they think that it is. So we've just got to be careful with stuff like that. Uh, that like, think about the rise in, in suicide with kids. Oh yeah. I mean, I think I think social media has a lot to do with that, where it's like they see all their friends and family, or their friends and their fam- their friends' families, having these great lives, and they don't see their friends going home, and you know, dads yelling at them, and you know, maybe mom's got some issues and stuff. They don't see the same, their friends go through the same stuff. They just see the, you know, oh, social media, they're just so happy and I'm so sad and I guess it's time for me to end it, which, again, if you're involved in your child's life, you, you that won't happen to you, uh, but it does make your kid look at that and go, my life sucks because look at Timmy, he's on his third cruise of the year and you know what what your child doesn't know is timmy's parents are grossly in debt now because they're living outside their means or or whatever it is and hopefully not you know hopefully you're blessed enough to go to you know three cruises a year that'd be great uh, um but there are some things where people do live outside of their means or they they do on social media portray that life is so amazing but everyone in the household's taking xanax well we touched on this before too in a previous episode is that you know, there's that for sure. Like life is not always what it looks like on social media, but there's also the, you can't escape from social media. So you go to school, maybe you're the kid yep. that's getting bullied, Oh God, right? Yeah. You're getting picked on whatever. And whereas when, when we were growing up, you could go home and feel safe with your family. We talked about this before, but like for some of these kids, if you got them on social media, then they're getting on Facebook or Instagram or uh, X slash Twitter, whatever you want to call it these days, and <laughs> they are gonna give it to you. still getting blown up from yeah. these people at school. Like there is no escape. And what people don't even realize, John, and I'm glad you brought this up, is people don't actually look at from from the bully's side. Okay, so there's the kid. No, that's there's, getting, there's there's more to that story. There's for the, sure. well, hold on. There's the kid that's getting bullied. Um, you know, and he doesn't get a break. But when when we were kids, the bully got a break too. Like he would go home and he didn't have to bully anybody anymore. Now he's got to get on the computer. He's got to start bullying that kid all over. I'm just kidding. This is <laughs> you should absolutely not do that. Please don't. Do that. <laughs> it's, uh, that's a joke that I like to tell uh, 
to people all the time when they bring up, you know, the social media bullying. Uh, the bully never gets a break either. But the bully, uh, unfortunately, isn't one person anymore. It's always, you know, a group of people that just nail some kid to the cross. Because they can go home and be super tough because their life is miserable. And they go home and their parents are either not there or emotionally not there. Yeah. And your kids don't get to see that part. They just know they're getting wrecked. You nailed the point there because I, you know, this is actually something that came up in my house not too long ago because one of my kids has been being picked on. And of course, like, you know, dad instinct is a, a, oh, essentially yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know, I, I, give me the names. <laughs> Tell me who the parents are. Versus dad. <laughs> but I did also have this conversation about you don't know what that kid's going mm -hmm. home to. I'm not saying that it's okay to be bullied. Always stand up for yourself. Don't be 100%. the bully. Don't be the bully. But stand up for yourself yeah. for sure. But like that kid could be going home to an abusive situation mm -hmm. or an absentee situation. Yep. Stuff like that. And that's what leads them to become the bully. So that's it's a deeper level that we as parents, as we as adults have to dig into. Mm-hmm. That our kids are not equipped to deal to dig into right now, yeah. um, but it's something that we do have to keep in consideration. But that being said, you know, again, going back to the whole phone thing, you know, when do you want your kid to not be a kid anymore? Um, I, I, I think that that's a bit of of, of an extreme statement. Uh, you know, I I brought it up as a quote in the beginning, and I'm bringing it up again. Yeah, but. Um, you know, if you manage it right, it can be done well. Mm -hmm. You know, again, big fan of technology, big fan of the ability to see where our kids are, or at least where their phones are in that moment. Um, but you got to manage it. Like, yeah. It, and trust, but verify, trust, but verify. And there could be some situations where, you know, maybe the kid takes the, the phone to school, but you have the phone put away while they're at school. I don't know. Whatever your parenting mm -hmm. method is, you know, that's up to you to decide. But just understand that at the end of the day, when you hand that kid that technology that connects to the world at that point, you know, you're you're opening up a possibility for bad things to happen, but also some very good things to happen. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. I think back to kind of where we started, even talking through this, I would say high school is probably your best because high school is, is kind of where you go just before you become an adult, right? You kind of, and, and it's not like that anymore. It was kind of like that when we were kids. It was definitely like that when our parents were kids, but high school is that final step before you really enter the real world and get a job and you know become an adult and start as the kids these days like to say and i'm not old but i just like just saying it that way you start adulting um is that something that the kids say I, I think so i hear it a lot from people that i've heard no cap i've heard uh a few things uh, sus uh, i've heard sus i get on my son's I, nerve with, with sus because uh i tell him he's sus all the time he actually takes me seriously uh, <laughs> where I'm completely kidding with him, but I just like the word. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, the the high school is is where you go 
at the end of your childhood, as you transition into becoming a woman, becoming a man, and this is about being man and masculinity, right? So as you you enter into high school and you exit high school, you should have some sort of understanding of what it's like to be a man and what it's like to enter into adulthood. Well, it's where you might be getting your first job. It's where yeah. you are going to start driving a vehicle. Your first serious girlfriend. Like if when we all reflect back on on our high school days, like you said, it's our first job, our first vehicle, our first real relationship. You know. Yeah, and I want to. I, I know this is a little bit off topic, but this, this just kind of popped into my head as we're talking about this. Um, whatever your financial situation is, you know, if you are the most, if you are doing very well in the we financial universe, which, which would be great. I mean, obviously we hope that for everybody, but I will say this, um, even if that's your scenario where your kid does not need to go get a job, does not need to work, have your kid get a job, mm-hmm. have your kid go to work, play sports, Good play kid. sports, like your kid I mean, may not be very athletic, so, you know, but the job at least. Sure. Band, sports, some sort of team activity as well. I can tell you that, you know, I mean, I'm certainly not the perfect person. I've had a lot of pitfalls and I've, I've had a lot of success in my life. But I will definitely say that I attribute any success that I have, for the most part, to the fact that I needed to go get a job when mm-hmm. I was 16, 15 years old. Yep. Um, it builds a lot of value. It builds a lot of character, and it can set your your it can set your kid up to become a leader yeah. in the future, which is I think what we all want for and our kids. And learn from leaders. They're exposed to leaders that aren't their teachers, aren't their coaches, that aren't their parents. They're exposed to leaders, whether they're good leaders, where you learn a lot of great things, or they're you know not great leaders, and you learn what not to do and what poor leadership, what the effect of poor leadership has. But uh, I did not have to work uh, in high school, and my parents made me work anyway. That's a good thing. Uh, they, they got me a car, and they said, it takes gas. You should get a job. And uh, I said, okay. And then I did. I went and got a retail job, and uh, they probably regretted that because I was in retail for like 20 years. <laughs> Just recently got out of it. Uh, which is great for me and my family. But Retail can be a great thing. It is a great. It can, it can thing. provide a good life for your family for sure. It is a it is a great job. It's a great. Fan. It's a it's it's. I mean, man, you can make some really good money in retail for sure. You can really provide for your family for there. Uh, it just didn't work for me anymore with my family dynamic. Hundred uh, percent. But you know, to, to your point, it's it's not just the job, right? Because because getting a job is, is, is great for the money aspect, but I think it's really important to get out of your comfort zone. Do things that make you uncomfortable, and your first job is super uncomfortable. You have no clue what you're doing. You have no idea what, how to behave in the workspace, but you, you go out there and you do it, and the more uncomfortable you get with things, the, the more, I mean, for lack of a better term, comfortable you will be with the uncomfortable. And being comfortable with things that are uncomfortable really does lead to success. Hey, look, my first uh, quote-unquote job, I mean, of course, you know, prior to this, I was mowing lawns and, you know, doing things like that. But, um, you know, when I was old enough to have an actual legal job, uh, I was a, uh, 
I worked for a small theme park in Vicksburg, Mississippi, which doesn't exist anymore. Not my fault. <laughs> happened years later. I don't know, John. Maybe it was your. It fault. could be, but, um, <laughs> but no. I mean, uh, you know, you think batting cages, go karts, mm-hmm. arcades, stuff like that. Stuff and, we all loved as kids. And within a year or so, I became a quote unquote manager at that job, a supervisor, and um, but yeah, it just it taught me to uh, build that character, to lead people, even mm-hmm. at such a young mm-hmm. age. To the point where I've held several management jobs as an adult now, and uh, yeah, I mean you're just setting your your kid up for success. So like you know, I know people that you know brought their kids into the family business when they got out of college and things like that, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine for the most part, but you really should get them out there and experience, yeah, you know, something where they're not the manager, where somebody is their boss, where somebody. Where they have to be a team player. Um, and where they can fail. An entry level type of thing. Yeah, where you have to clean the bathroom from time to time. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and where they can fail. Because failure is how you learn. Like you succeed over and over and over again. And it's good. You'll learn some things. But you learn your biggest lessons from the times that you fail. And when you're young and you're in an entry level job and you fail, it's okay. You didn't jack up 20 other people's, you know, family situations. Right. Uh, you, you know, you learn from the mistakes that you made and you grew. Because that's what it's really about, too, as, as men and, and fathers, is we're going to make mistakes. And I, I've been telling this story a lot this week. But I had a leadership team that was fighting. They were fighting with each other. There's two people specifically that are fighting with each other, going back and forth. And I, I brought the whole team in so we could clear this out. And I ultimately, I looked at both of them and I said to them, guys, uh, here's the deal. You need to forgive each other. They were both angry at each other for something that each other did to each other. Right? And it escalated because and then they started going back and forth. But I said, you need to forgive each other because at some point I am going to fail you. And I need you and I need to know that you are willing to forgive me. And if you can't forgive each other, then we can't have you as part of this team because, like I said, I will fail you and we will fail each other. And I need to know that we are on a team that will forgive each other. And they it hit home for them and they immediately forgave each other. That's good stuff, man. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, if you're in a leadership position or whatever it might be, whether it's at your home with your kids or at your job with teammates, whatever it might be, um, yeah, I mean, we're all people and forgiveness has to happen. Mm -hmm. We've, uh, you know, I work in a team right now where uh, I was talking to JT about this earlier today where, you know, there were some kind of rocky starts to certain team members that came into the picture and because of the human element of things that are happening right now with that particular person, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've grown closer. We've um, learned to respect each other as teammates and forgive each other. And I know we've kind of come a long way from talking about cell phones for kids, but that tends to happen. <laughs> yep. You know, d- jump happens, off. That's what happens at the table. Well, that's what, and, and, and that's important. So I do, as we always like to do. I'm going to close out here with a Bible verse, and this ties back to the cell phone thing, but this is Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. If you then, 
being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him? So the reason why this one stood out to me in particular is that the phone is a gift. Mm-hmm. It opens up a, a lot of knowledge, a lot of um, access to the world, just like the tree in the Garden of Eden did, right? Yep. You know, you give them that fruit, they eat the fruit, and, you know, you know where it goes from there. So, you know, the Father, our God, has given us access to this uh, technology and for our ability, ability as parents to give this technology to our kids. So how do we manage it from there? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's definitely deep back with the, uh, the tree of knowledge. And I was thinking about actually, uh, I'm reading the book of Enoch right now. Um, <laughs> and it's got its good points. It's got its slow points. Um, but uh, it does touch more on the Old Testament with creation and stuff. And I was thinking to myself, I was thinking... You know, God created us. And he knew that Eve was going to eat the fruit. Gave it to Adam. Adam was going to eat the fruit. And then he would have to separate. And he created us anyway. So back to tying it in with the phone, right? We know that when we give our kids the phone, they're going to screw up. And they're going to do things that we don't want them to do with it. But ultimately, does the good, like God saw of creating us, right, and the good of the effect that we'll have on the world and ultimately paradise, um, does it outweigh the bad? And he thought it did with us. And ultimately, I think it will with phones, you know, whether we chip away at their innocence, at what point that is, right? But... Yes, it, it, it's going to have its great points where you can see where they always are. They are open to, to new things that they wouldn't be able to, to find. And uh, for my teacher back in the day, hey, guess what? I have a calculator on my hip. You said I wouldn't have one. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, I digress with that. But the point is, is the good of the cell phone will ultimately outweigh the bad. There's a lot of great points for it. And our kids are going to screw up. But they will learn from those mistakes. And I think even as adults, right, we know we're not supposed to look at specific videos. We're not supposed to look at women that aren't our wives. And do we do, we do that on a regular basis? Do we, do we, I, I, I can only speak for myself where I try desperately not to fall into videos and, you know, yeah. scantily clad women that walk by. Um, and sometimes, you know, we, you're tired, whatever it is, you turn your head and you're like, dang it. And you ask the father for forgiveness for that slip up, just like your kids, they won't come to you. They won't tell you, (laughs) but ultimately when they get caught, they will ask for forgiveness. They'll ask you to trust them again and you'll have to continue the work and build those relationships. And I think that as parents, as men, we do need to afford our kids the ability to prove that they're that they're worthy of the phone and prove that they can overcome adversity and overcome their own mistakes for goodness. Yeah. And I think to put a bow on that, it's, you know, 
you don't know how far your kid's going to go or how far any human being is going to go until you give them the ability to go mm -hmm. there. And giving them that phone, but showing them, teaching them, hey, you're eating this fruit from the tree. What are you going to do with it? Right? Um, I think that that's, that's really, really where it lands is, you know, trust but verify. I think you yep. said that mm -hmm. perfectly earlier today. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong. You know, you as parents, we as parents, it's up to us to determine when is the right age to give a kid a phone. There is no perfect formula for that. But uh, you just have to know your kid. You have yep. to trust your kid. But you have to let them know what their responsibility is. And if they violate that responsibility, how do you deal with it from there? Yep. Take that uh, phone, baby. Take it away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. I think that's good for this one, JT. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us at the table. All right. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, 2024. Good night, everybody. <laughs>